Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to a special Irish Examiner Cheltenham preview podcast. First up, you'll hear a chat with the Irish Examiner columnist and champion jockey Ruby Walsh on the things that throw you off in Cheltenham week, excluding horses, obviously. Then we'll have Peter McNamara and Darren Norris discuss their fancies for the four big races of the festival, before Peter gets the thoughts of racing broadcaster Rachel Casey of Racing UK and Turf TV. But first to Ruby, who spoke to me in Cork last week. Ruby Walsh, thank you very much for joining us first on the Irish Examiner Sports Podcast. Question I was thinking there coming here tonight. How many times this week has somebody come up to you and poked their finger in your chest and says, Ruby, give me a winger, or a winner even, for Cheltenham? And how annoying does that become? It doesn't become annoying, but it shouldn't become annoying. Um, as Tony McCoy always says, and people stop asking you, you're in plenty of trouble. Um, but look, it's Cheltenham. It's probably the one time of year where, where racing jumps out of his normal pages and, and onto more prominent ones. Um, and maybe as ambassadors for the sport, we should all be doing as much as we can, but I just don't think that's me. Um, but look, I suppose if you just keep giving everyone different answers with a bit of luck, you'll tip someone a winner. Yeah, but you do your bit now. Uh, I, I think like you actually are out in the media sometimes in the build up to Cheltenham I actually look at you and I say when is he going to pull down the curtain? Uh, it's down after this Tony <laughs> yeah um, but it's funny I, I try and cram it into into different weeks um, I block off midterm week when the kids run off school and I don't do anything and then you end up with a bit of a backlog but that's family life too um, but from Thursday till, till next Tuesday um I revert to type. And talking about reverting to type, are you habitual in everything you do? Do you stay in the same cottages? What would happen, for instance, if that accommodation was unavailable one year? Would your whole orbit and system be thrown out of kilter? No, I don't think I would have a breakdown or anything. Um, Wouldn't throw the toys out no, of the pram? No, I would find it a bit awkward and probably inconvenient, but... Um, I've never thought of that, Tony. And then when you ask me, I'm thinking, yeah, that would be quite awkward. But you look, you just have to change your routine and, and, and do different things. Um, I love where I stay. It suits us. Um, and I can, you know, I, I have pretty much my days worked out, planned out for the time I get up until the rest is over. Mm-hmm. Um, Does Gillian and the kids go? No, the, Gillian comes uh, for a couple of days, but it, it's not, not not the kind of place you can bring kids. Cheltenham mm-hmm. um, is huge, 70-odd thousand people. Um you know, it's not like going to a, a rugby stadium where everyone has a seat and you sit down and watch it. Um, the vastness of Cheltenham. Um, best to look to her if she ever chooses to bring them because I'd hate to be minding them mm. or trying to mind them. 
and there's always going to be a bad day. And so if you're going home after a bad day in Cheltenham, would you prefer Gillian to be there or would you prefer her not to be there? Oh, I'd say her being there is absolutely no harm. Um, I probably would prefer if she wasn't because she'd basically tell me to cop on and grab a hold of myself where I would probably rather sit on the couch and stew on my own sorrow for a bit longer um, where she'll just grab a hold of me and I'd have to get over it and move on. But um, that's probably a good thing. Um, but, yeah, you, I know it is. You do need to talk. You need someone to talk to. Um, that's in every walk of life, whoever you are. And if you don't talk to someone, it gets on top of you. So, yeah, having her there to talk to is a big help. And I presume, Ruby, like every other champion, the worst thing someone can say to you after a bad day is, Ruby, put it in perspective. It's only racing, you have your health. <laughs> yeah, um, that is your perspective. Um, that's somebody else's perspective. It is, yeah. And of course it is. But that's that's life. Um I suppose you can always think that things could be worse, but in your life, in your minute, in that hour, um, that's where you are. You're a professional, so it has to hurt you. If it doesn't hurt you and doesn't get you down, um, you're not going to fight it and want to beat it and get above it and be a winner again. If you're just willing to accept having bad days, so then you're ordinary. Give mm-hmm. it up. In terms of the horses you have this week, and I use the word challenge now in a specific way, which of the horses that you're likely to be on presents the greatest riding challenge to you? Oh, York Hill. Um, you know he's he's quite he's quite headstrong. Um, you know he's a bit there's a bit of a kink in him. Um, he has to be coaxed and cajoled. Um, he's not the kind of horse. Very few horses can be. You can win the physical battle with anyway. Um, but York Hill, he he he'll test me. Um, but test you in a good way and. Uh, He's the kind of challenge you like. I like anyway. How many kgs is York Hill? York Hill is was five hundred and six kgs yesterday. I'm probably sixty four, sixty five. You know, you that's for I me. Mean, that's that's why a mismatch. You, of course it is, and that's why you're never going to win the physical battle. Of course it's a mismatch. So it's it's technique, it's knack. Um, you, you know, you'd be trying to to throw his body weight a bit left and a bit wide, a bit right, get him to change legs, get him to drop the bit out of his mouth. Um, but above all, he's running in a chase. You'll want him looking where he's going. You want him concentrating on what's in front of him and not what's beside him or around him or behind him. And in the way that you have to control a horse, Ruby, like York Hill, I'm presuming, and I ask this question not facetiously, genuinely, Willie Mullins must watch your moods as well and must obviously look at you and if you're cranky and in bad form, he treats you differently maybe than he would if you're up at the crack of the morning with a smile on your face. Yeah, but I suppose me working for Willie Mullins is no different than anybody going into work anywhere. Um, Willie Mullins is still my boss, so if I'm not in good form, I can't bark at him. I don't think anybody goes into work and barks at the boss. Well, Ruby Walsh probably can. I don't know, you have to park your humour. I don't think... Sure, at the end of the day, Roy Keane didn't get away with barking at Alex Ferguson, no, did he? But no. eventually he barked once too often. Exactly, it is, and you can't do that. That's not that's not life. You, your your boss is still your boss, whoever you are, and maybe that's what puts a bit of control on you and a bit of manners on you, mm-hmm. and gets you back to concentrating in a professional manner. Mm. Two more questions I just wanted to ask you. We started off half jokingly about people asking you for tips and advice. I know genuinely you try to avoid it like the bubonic plague. Why? Uh, probably because I'll end up snapping at someone and barking at someone and then walk away thinking why did I do that I always end up feeling guilty Um, 
when you know I'm in a different planet in my own world, thinking about something miles away, and somebody wants two minutes, and I just don't. And then why why did they just give them the two minutes? I'd be ten minutes down the road thinking, like why did they just stop and say hello? Um, so if I keep myself out of that situation, I can't offend anybody else or fall out with them. Mm-hmm. You did a very good YouTube skit with Paddy Power, um, which is up online for anybody who wants to see it. <clears throat> and there's a bit of irony in it, and there's a bit of humour in it, but I suspect knowing the Ruby Walsh as I do, there's a small bit of making a point in it as well. I don't know, well, a bit of everything. But you look, um, and it's talking to different different people, and I suppose it, it bothers me more so as a parent than it does anything else. Um, what bothers you as a parent? Oh, social media. Oh, yeah. uh, it does worry me and, uh, and bother me as a parent as to what my kids are going to face into and how uh, horrible and abusive people can be on social media when they don't have to put their name or their face to it. Absolutely. There isn't a journalist in the world that could write what people say and get away with it. Uh, but it is somehow acceptable on, on social media. And, and I'm 37. It's not going to make, break or worry me. I'm old enough and bold enough but I look at it and I look at younger colleagues and I look at my kids and I think of all the teenagers in the world and I think, like, what kind of people are they going to be if this just becomes the norm? So, yeah, I was proving a point mm-hmm. that fameless, faceless, nameless people on Twitter having a pop, they don't matter. Mm. <laughs> Have you withdrawn from Twitter, Ruby? Because I know you were on Twitter. No, I only use it, Tony, for you and... Power and Race in UK when, yeah. when I'm told <laughs> that's what I use it for uh, as a marketing tool for you yeah. um, and that is my, the extent of my, my, my action but um, no I would still prefer to to buy the newspaper and read it uh, than go by what Twitter at he says One last thing I was when I'm working on this Cheltenham Preview magazine which is out today Monday um Tommy did a piece, Tommy Lyons of Racing Car did a piece with you um, talking about every one of your 52 winners. And it's very interesting and there's great insights in it. But what intrigued me was that the next nearest guy to you is, I think, a 34. Would I be right in saying Barry's a 34? Um, Do you look in the rear view mirror? Are you looking at the lads behind you that they're not catching up? Or do you see something ahead that you need to get to? I keep looking ahead. Um, I don't look back. Look, when I started, uh, Pat Taff held the record with 25 winners. It was a three-day festival. It's now a four-day festival. Uh, and I've gotten to a number that was never, I never thought of, dreamt of, or even considered. And if I can add to that in however many years left I have, um, you know, it's an achievement I'll retire with, very proud of. But someone will come along and write more. <laughs> that's the way it goes um, you know I think there's probably one record in racing that'll take <coughs> unbelievable record and that's AP McCoy's 20 times champion jockey in a row that'll be one that'll take some whacking but um, a kid will come along he might be 17 now or he might be 12 he might even be she mm. but somebody someday will ride more winners than they've ridden the children yeah and the Ruby Walsh that sits in the in the in the changing area now with the other jockeys and you look at obviously some of these young guys if you could have thrown it back 15 18 years what would you have been saying to a 22 year old ruby walsh to help him along the way oh nothing as charlie swan always told me tony ah don't tell them 
Let them figure it out for themselves. That's like yeah. Mick Galway school with the second rows. Paul O'Connell didn't get a break off Mick Galway. He wouldn't even call the plays to him because no. he was afraid he'd take his place. Is that the same reason? Charlie Swan always told me that. Don't, don't tell them what they're doing wrong. Well, if you're as cool next Tuesday as you are this evening, a gentleman as always. Cheers. Ruby Walsh, thank, thank you, you very much indeed. Darren, uh, I think fair, fair to say there's a good buzz around the office and generally around the country. Uh, we're here and we're going to start to talk about the, the four primary races of the festival of the 28, the championship races. Um, we're going to start with the champion hurdle and I suppose we, we could start discussing uh, Yangworth and Bouverdere first and foremost, the JP McManus runners. Um, yeah, um, I think one of them will win it. I'm just not sure which one. Um, Yanworth, I really like Yanworth. He's one of my very few anti-post bets uh, this year. So I'd, I'd love to see him win it. But you'd, be, I'd, you'd have to be very concerned about his jumping. Um, I read today that Alan King said he's, he did a very sparkling piece of work during mm. the week, which is encouraging. He's he's just a very likeable horse. He, I mean, he's only lost, uh, been beaten by York Hill in last year's Neptune. He's he travel he travels well. He's he's very professional. He's got a great attitude, but he, he jumps. He's jumping just alarms me. He's just he's he's slow into them. He's slow away to them, and I it's just a worry. I mean, I think he's a better horse overall than Bouverdere, but Bouverdere what Bouverdere has is he's a lovely jumper. I just love the way he's very slick, and. I don't know if Yanwork is going to get away with giving if if he makes lots of mistakes if he's, if he's going to be able to get away with it. so that's the worry obviously we don't know the exact declarations for the race as of yet um, it's talking Lemony being supplemented or whatever else and there's just brain power there for mm. Nicky Henderson who actually he seems to be quite sweet on sweet on yeah 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 no he does I mean, I mean he's won two good handicaps um, I don't know I mean I'd still be slightly surprised if he won it, but it's just mm. it's 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 a wee, it's it's not a brilliant champion hurdle. No, definitely like, not. not. Um, like I'd be surprised if Vampire won it, but I mean you know it's I as I say, I do think it will come from it will come from one of the two main McManus horses in the Amherst and Bouverdere. Um But you know it's I suppose if you were actually looking at it on a pure form perspective, Patim Schwar would have to be a big player because he's he's actually got the best form that he's won two great ones. Mm. It's just. I just wonder if he is going to end up setting up for, for something else. I wonder, can he go at the pace he's travelled at when, he's, when he won his two great ones and sustain it all the way to the line? I'd just be worried that he'll set up, he'll end up setting up for somebody else. I had an each way flutter this morning myself on my tent or yours at 25 to 1. Um, yeah. The new one, is he someone that I know he, he hasn't been good enough to win in previous years, but as you say yourself, it's definitely not as good a champion hurdle as in previous seasons. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the year that O'Connor was uh, fatally injured um, and Dino was hampering that, I think Dino would have won it that year. And I just think that was his chance. I mean, to be honest, I'm surprised with Dino that they haven't gone out the world hard about something different. I, I just, I Which can't, Sam I can't Davis see has mentioned a few times. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I can't see it, to be honest. I mean, to me, to me it doesn't, have, like, obviously any power isn't there. But like last year, other than any power, it probably was actually a weak race as well. You know, this you'd be you'd be surprised if I mean Yanworth and both their younger horses, Patim Wishwar. Um, you'd be surprised. I mean, as I say, I I would I, I mean I pretty say I would at half my tent of yours is more is more likely to run. We'll finish ahead and do one, for instance. So I mean, mm. so you're going with Yanworth. 
Or you have gone with Yanmark. I've gone with Yanmark. I've gone with Yanmark. I'm supposed to stick with him. I pretty sure. I back, when I backed him, it was a 10 to 1. At the current prices, if I had to pick between the two of them, it probably would be over there. Um, but, but you would value in the bag. Yeah, well, it is if he wins, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, look, it's like, there's an awful, I'm pretty sure, I, I think I'll get, you, you're guaranteed a run for your money from Yanworth because, mm. while, while, I mean, I think most people don't trust his jumping for good reason, he actually hasn't ever looked like falling, and he, he, he does have a fantastic attitude, he's a great will to win. I think he will definitely go close. We don't need to spend too much time, I would imagine, on a champion chase. Could that potentially turn into a procession? I would have thought so, definitely. I mean, he's he's just head and shoulders above anything else. I mean, Duvan, he's just, he's just. I mean, this the way they speak about him. You know, you hear when you hear Willie Mullins talk, when you hear Hugo Walsh talk. Um, I was at a pre-match last week, and David Casey was raving about him. Like they just, they adore him. Like they speak with him with reverence. And you think of all the good horses that mm. they've had. It's it I mean it's, it's it is just it is legit, just amazing. I I just can't see I can't like the point is with Cheltenham obviously everybody loves uh, backing winners there and stuff like that. But there's some races you can you, know, you, you can just watch and enjoy. You don't have to have a bet in every race. And mm. I mean he's going. I mean he's Duban is just a different gear to be honest with you. Um, you know I, I can't see past him. Really. I just I mean like just he doesn't seem to have any weaknesses. That's. That's always a dangerous thing to say because you know something yeah. can happen. But he, he looks he looks pretty bombproof to be honest with you. Barring an unexpected fall, he wins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you don't think he'd even fall as if something fall, falls in front of him. And Possibly. Just getting in front of him is he's going to be a challenge in itself. Um, I, I mentioned about David Casey. He he made he made a very interesting point about him uh, last week that they actually um they never walked the same horse with him more than twice because. Basically, kill the confidence of the opposition. Exactly, which just kill the confidence of the guards. Like they, they, that's the biggest challenge they have with him is actually finding a horse good enough to actually yeah, work with him, yeah. which tells you everything. Certainly does, and I think that's a very interesting point that Casey made it to. To just saying there, mm. the stairs hurdle. Um, you know what I mean, Harry. Harry Fry's horse has been the rage for quite a while now, and I have personally backed him as well at five to four. But there's some like you will Yanworth, there's something in the back of my mind and I'm saying maybe did I take too short a price? Um I think he's he's a horse that people have have been slow to warm to, but it's, but when you look at his forward, he is rock solid. I mean it's mm. very hard it's very hard to go against him. Um like the only thing I would say and this I suppose like every every year we have these four or five kind of things you think he'll definitely win, he'll definitely win, he'll definitely win. And every year one of them doesn't. Yeah. And I mean, you look at Alti or you look at Duvan and you look at this and you look at um You know what I mean, yeah, Harry. You know, you know what I mean, Harry, sorry. And you think one of them one of them, to me he, of the three, he's probably the most vulnerable. Reflected in this price, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I mean he's of, of of the three. Like he's the he's he's the most likely winner. I mean I pretty certainly not really my type of bets five to four now, mm. but um he is I mean, he, he, he has, he's going to take an awful lot of beating. Um, Warren Gratrix is very bullish about Cole Harden running a cracking race again. He was the winner two years ago. Um, he ran well behind you, you know what I mean, Harry, the last day, having not had a run for so long. Yeah. But And a lot of people said he'll come on for that run. But isn't it fair to say that, you know what I mean, Harry could have further scored to improve the further as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just... 
I, I'm still not sure we know exactly how good you know what I mean Harry is he, mm. because he doesn't I mean he won't he doesn't tend to win by Much. ten to twelve lengths I mean so you just don't know with a horse like that and mm. like if I was to have a bet I haven't had a bet on this but if I was to have a bet I'd probably have a chance um, Shane's Hill each way purely because he's been to the festival three times he's been tr- he's been second three times. Mm. He's, he's a very, very solid horse, and I'm not sure what price he is currently. 8 to 1. He's 8 to 1, okay. Yeah. So I, get, but I think he's the each way value in the race, but um, you know what I mean, Harry? It's very hard to beat. It's very hard to knock. Okay, so the Gold Cup, um, you know, I probably can't remember a more open Gold Cup. Maybe Conagree's Gold Cup was considered to be open, maybe. But this, this to me is even more open, and Q card, obviously. At the head of the betting with Native River and Jackadam, and there's a, sm- a marginal gap then to the likes of Sizing John. Is it possible that the betting is wrong or that, that we could have a bigger priced winner? Um, or do you think, or who of the fr- lads at the front of the market, who do you think are the most likely to, to justify their place there? It's, it's, a, it's a very strange race. I mean, the first thing about the Gold Cup is it's an absolute crying shame Pistol Crack isn't there. Absolutely, yeah. He'd annihilate the slot. I think so as well, yeah. yeah 100%. Just, I, it's, it, so that's the thing. Like, the trade ahead of the market, you, there, there's actually an awful lot of negatives, negatives about all of them. Um, but um, I'm trying to think of something. Uh, um, I, I'm not sure. I think we'll, one of them will win. I mean, I, I, think, I, I think Native River will win in the end. Um, it's Listen, the... the I think the story a lot of people would love to see is Q card win it. Yeah. But you know I think he missed his opportunity last year. I suspect he did. I mean it's it's horses I mean you have to go back to the sixties for a horse if he's aged to win the Gold Cup. Mm. Horses that I mean most horses in the Gold Cup it's a strange race in that most horses they win it the first time they do it. There's very few horses that that win it the exception. second yeah, that it's like the, like the fellow the fellow won it four times of uh, of asking of asking um, but that's unusual. I mean, and that's that's a big negative about uh, for Q card and for Jack Adam. Um, I like Native, What worries me about Native River is I'm still not sure he's actually beaten a horse of real caliber this season. Agreed. Um, having said that, I just he he jumps, he gallops, he stays. Yeah, Richard Johnson is just perfect for him. To me, he's the most likely winner, uh, and it's, it's more by process of nomination because mm. Jackadam has been there twice. He's been beaten twice. I I don't know about him to be honest with you because he's ran twice this season. He scrambled home um, into John Durkin. I basically won very with a lot of authority the previous year. I didn't think there was any real excuses for him when he was targeting Lexus. I don't think his form is is anything to write home about at all. And you have to go back into January twenty fifteen for the last time. He actually won a race over three miles. Like, there's an awful lot of negatives. I mean, the plus for the plus for him is obviously. Oh, British William Williams as well. Yeah, that's a big plus. And the other thing is, if you remember last year, he fell on Festival Trials Day. And he got a yeah, he got a very bad cut, and it it it's hampered their preparation. Yeah. They've obviously had a very clear run with him this year, and like they are very bullish about him. He worked well in that schooling as well the other day in Leperson, was it? Leperson, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I did. Um, I, I saw that now, and yeah. he did work quite yeah. well. I mean, you know, like it's. It's because it's not because it's, it's a pretty poor Gold Cup, really. He might do, but it's just I don't know. I just don't. I just don't. Um, I just don't fancy him to be honest. He's just. I don't think his form is 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 there to 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 really, to really fancy him. Um, Q hard again. Similar. It's a similar situation. He's 
the the age factor is there. He's be, um, he's been beaten it. I think last year was a fantastic was his chance really. Um, and what worry the biggest worry with him is if you um, if you go back to look at his form since last March, he hasn't put two runs back to back, two really good positive runs back to back. I mean, he was brilliant at the entry and um, after after the fall in the World Cup, he, he was dire when he managed a bunch of stone. He was dire at the start of the season at Weatherbury, brilliant at Haydock, dire at the King George again, and he, and he was superb at Ascot last time. It's, that's just a worry in my head that is he at his age where he just can't put back to back performances together. It would be it would it would be a lovely story. I mean, I think uh, his owner's spoken about retiring him on the spot if he wins it, and I think a lot of people would love to see that. I, I would imagine he he'll end up. He'll end up going off favourite, um, but mm. uh, I don't know. It's just I I, I struggle to see it. A, a brief word on season, John. Do you think he'll get the trip? Um, I imagine so. It's yeah. I would imagine he will. I mean, to me, actually, of the Irish ones, um, the ones that I, the one I was kind of interested in was Outlander, but just obviously we're in this period where all of these had previews, and I know you you got to be careful about how much you take from them. Yeah. But it's just anything I've watched or anything I've read. There doesn't seem to be an awful lot of love for Outlander, just from connections. I mean, Gordon Elliott, um, Jack Kennedy, and Brian Cooper. None of them seem to be very, very upbeat about him. So that's 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 a negative um, from from that perspective. Um, so yeah, like Sizing John is an interesting horse. I mean, in fact, he, but the only again, there's certain worries you'd have about him, um, and one of which is that the um, that the Irish Gold Cup, it's not really a great drive for the Shannon Gold Cup. I don't think yeah. anyone's won since mm. 1996 when Imperial called it. I just don't, I, I'd be surprised if he was good enough, but it's, it's just, it's an interest. it's a very interesting race, it's a very open race. I'm not sure there's a huge amount of quality to it. Sir, one made a river in the Gold Cup. Lastly, that, yeah, exactly, yeah. by default. So, Darren, that's the four championship races. What's Darren Arse's best bet for Cheltenham? In whatever Neon Wolf runs in, I think he'll win. Um, I just and uh, he was. They seem to be talking all the time about the Neptune. But were, and I, I've seen a lot of money to speak for days. the Supreme. Yeah, there's been a lot of money for the Supreme, and to me, I'd love to see him the Supreme. I think the Supreme's a weak race. I mean, because if maybe maybe Mellon is the next big thing. I mean, you mentioned the confidence that Willie Mullen seems mm. to have about Jack and that seems to be also there with Mellon. There's definitely a glint in his eye about Mellon too. Yeah, yeah. does but. You know, this, he's only ran once. It was a nothing race. Uh, no horses, no horses actually won the Supreme off off one run since uh, Flown twenty five yeah. years ago. Like that's a negative. Um, and uh, Moon Race, we don't know at this stage whether he's going to run in the Supreme or whether he runs in the Champion Hurdle. Like, sorry. Uh, I just, I, 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 I just think Neon Wood is a very good race. If you look at the last race, he won. He was at Hayda. I mean, the horse. He's, the, the form looks very strong. A few of the horses have since run like mm. elegant, who he stuffed ran very Elg- well. Elegant one recently, yeah. Yeah, no, they're they're good. Like they're they're um good yardstick. Yeah, it's good yardstick. And Harry Fry is a very good trainer. So I mean, to me, he's a horse I like. I I like I like him whatever race he runs in. I think he's he'll take a hell of a lot of beating. Now we're delighted to be joined in the Irish Examiner Paper Talk Cheltenham Preview Podcast by sports broadcaster Rachel Casey. Of course, we've seen her on her screens in the RUK and on Turf TV. Rachel, very very welcome to the to the show. Hi, yes. Um, we're, we're almost getting there, aren't we? We've been looking forward to tell them for, for many months now, but it's, it's, it's finally here. What we're going to talk about with, with yourself is, I basically want to get your thoughts on, of, of the short-priced favourites, aside from the obvious two, Altior and Dovan, who we would 
assume without saying concretely that they should win. Aside from those two, who do you think, in your opinion, is a really rock solid favourite aside from those two? Well, you should know, Peter, this is, this is the worst racing and nothing has ever come yeah. um, Unfortunately. Um, I, I, I quite like Les Dance in the Mary's non-comparison. Um, I think seven to four in places. Represents still good value, you know, if you have to pick out a banker. She's gone well in Shelton before. She was fourth behind Ivanovich Gorbatov last year. She's obviously been there. She's had festival experience. And if it's good ground, she'll go on it. If it's soft ground, she'll go on it. Very versatile. She must have had a, a right good campaign as well. Um, maybe you'd be a little bit worried that she, she's not had much of a battle, but I think this race is just perfect for her. She travels so well. And um, Willie's other mare, Airline Beach, um, obviously is no slouch either. And uh, she's improving rapidly. But I, I still think less than I think that's probably one of the, the bankers that you're still getting on against. I think seven to four now. I think she could be shorter on the day. Yeah, I, well, I actually would imagine that when she gets confirmed to run in the mayor's novices hurl, I think she'll be a very short price. Um, it's interesting. Do you think it's a factor as well in Rich Ritchie's thinking and Susanna Ritchie's thinking about the fifty thousand pound, fifty thousand euro bonus for the stable staff at Clisutton? Yeah, I think I, I think that's obviously crucial as well. Um, I think with 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 Richie, obviously he's got you know, talented horses and I think a lot of the times you you know, criticize maybe for, for taking the, the softer option, but I definitely think that with with that incentive for, for, for the lads at home, I think absolutely of course it's gonna be key. Yeah. Just the word uh, it's interesting how did you pick less dance because it's definitely my so called banker of the meeting as well, aside from the obvious two, but another horse that a lot of people are confident enough of getting the job done is, you know what I mean, Harry, in the stairs hurdle. Where do you stand on his prospects, just briefly before we move on, because he's just five to four, he's even money, or 11 to 10 in places. Do you think he's worthy of support? Um, I, I'll tell you what, I'd actually be looking at Warren Gracelick's horse, Cole Hyde, and I know he, he was put in his place. And so I'm by, you know what I mean, Harry, he's, he's very, I think everything he's done, you know, he's been sensational for, for Harry Pride. And um, I guess if the ground was good ground, you know, stairs hurdle, I think you look to, to world hurdles in the past and been horse that can come back and win it again. And, and I just thought that, you know, Warren's always looked like he was, he was almost coming back to himself. So I think if we did get good ground on the day, then I'd be more inclined to maybe have a few quid on him. And Shane's was obviously interesting as well for, for, for William Mullins. But um, you know what I mean, Harry? He's quite solid, but I still think there's, there's a couple in there that I'm, I'm probably at the price of now, and depending on what price they'll be on the day, I, I still think that he's probably one that I wouldn't be adding into my bets, shall we say. Yeah, I actually backed Jezky anti-post at 12-1, and I'm still kind of not totally hope, hopeless for, for the occasion, but I, I do think, all right, that, you know what I mean, Harry's going to be very, very difficult to beat. But yeah, it's interesting that Cole... Yeah, I mean, 
one thing that I think I have in my favour is the fact that Jesse Harrington wasn't exactly too despondent having lost to Tombstone the last day because the ground was totally against the horse as well. Yeah, absolutely. And on better ground. He's, he's another one definitely you could, you could factor in for sure. Yeah. Obviously, QJP always will be interesting to see if there's a few bob around for Jesse the other day as well. Absolutely. And, and secondly, I wanted, I wanted to choose a horse over the entire four days that, in your opinion, is the, the greatest value, it doesn't matter what price it is, you think is, will return the, basically, that you would outrun its, its price at any odds at all. Is there any particular horse that stands out in your head? Um, oh, there's only loads of them, <laughs> to be honest. I think also the tie in the Coral Cup. Um, I know the Irish horse has a, a very good record in the Coral Cup going down. And through the years, it's always ultra-competitive. But Consul the tie, for me, at 12 to 1, he's such a, a lightly race runner. He's trained by Nicky Hendricks. I think they're going to keep this race this year. And he was well down the field in, what was it, the Triumph last year. But I think yeah. if you look at those two runs behind brain power. And Sam Downing is staying on well. Hatton had a really tough time under Jeremiah McGrath. Um, then they went to Daft, obviously. Turned over again by brain power. I mean, if, if you fancy him for the champion earth, I think you've got to look at Constance to tie. Stepping up in trip, he's been catching my eye anyway, uh, the way he's been finishing out his races. I think off a mark of 140. I like him an awful lot. I think he's, he's, he's valued. Uh, if he runs in the Gold Cup, I'd, I'd be back in him definitely. Just, just the ball on brain power, because... Word coming from Seven Barrows is he's working incredibly well with Altior on the Gallops. Would you read anything into that? Uh, well, you can read a lot into it, but I think sometimes you know, Nicky Edison, they asked what his brain power, he said he's a handicapper, you know? Yeah. But yet he's, he's rocking up in, in, in the champion hurdle. I think he's, like, he's, impro- he's, he's, he's quickly improving, but I think as well, you know, if, if he got his ground, he's, he's definitely worse. But like they know when but we are working well with, with Alfie, but I think Nicky Anderson holds so many aces, and actually, for for the festival, he, he might be a bad bet to be top trainer. He's got, he looks at serious ammunition this time round. Yeah, he's eleven to four in the top trainer market. William Williams is four to six. I was thinking kind of along the same lines myself. Funny enough, I was looking at that market the other day and thinking perhaps the Henderson's just slightly overpriced. I thought so. I really yeah. did. You know, eleven to four. You know, Willie obviously. Been the, the standout man, and you know it's it's been the, the whole Mullins factor for for the last years. But you know, Nicky Henderson, he's been top trainer before, and you know you look at the the big guns, even the Anwars, you know Bouvard there. He's got so many of it in comes to tie Alzior. You know, a few of them start winning. I think eleven to four, that might be the worst bet, uh, Peter. But uh, yeah, that's that's something I did actually have a look at. But, um, yeah, a lot of his horses are not going there, you know, without a chance, for sure. Just briefly before I let you go, just in the four championship races, I can't not, not ask you about the Gold Cup first and foremost. Just, a, just a, your, your, your champion hurdle selection, who do you think will win in that? Uh, my champion hurdle selection, oh, goodness. I would probably be in the Anwards camp, I have to say. I think he's, mm. he's a good horse. He's nothing flashy about him, but I, I, I think he's, he's probably one that will be good enough on the day. But there, it's it, it is wide open, and you know, look, we're we're looking at uh, hitches, and you know, there's always going to be highs and lows leading into a festival. And yes, it's, it's disappointing, but I think all of these races, you know, you're you're missing out the Fahins, and you know, you got to look at the horses you have, and and, and it's all about trying to 
pick the right one on the day, isn't it? Yeah. You know, even you look at the Gold Cup, um, yes, it's disappointing, it's it's heartbreaking uh, for, for all the connections, but still we've got some, some proper good horses there, and I think you, whatever happens is going to be a fantastic race. The Champion Earth and the Gold Cup as well, who I have to say, I've been a jacket and fan for, for a long time, and I'm not going to be giving up on them yet. I've actually passed in the last couple of years, so I'm hopeful that we run a race. And, and more of that, um, I don't know, I, I'd like to see a bit of money for him on the day as well. I, I just thought last time it was at Leftstown, wasn't it, when he, he did on seat, but he, he looked like it was the more of that that we we thought that he might actually turn into a great chaser, so he could be a bit of that. But it, it's very open, very open race. I think I think it's interesting that you mention more of that because I think people should probably step up, step, stand up and take notice of the fact that John John O'Neill reckons is the best horse he's ever trained. I think that's a very bold statement for him to make. It is, it is, but with more of that, he's had his problems, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. He went up um, for you know. I've actually I've, I've been a massive fan of his horse for such a long time, and I was gushes, you know, the way he's come out a couple of times. Uh, but I just thought I, I liked the way he, he travelled, and I thought he was bang there with the chance, to be honest with mm. the Gold Cup and Leopardstown. So yeah, so maybe he's won an each way play. I'd probably have a few bob on him on the day, and I've already backed Jacket up for the Gold Cup. Yeah, I think it's a good. Still, it's, look, it's a good race. It could have been a better one, but it's still exciting. We still have the, the you know the old names, cue cards, and and everything else. So it's going to be fabulous. Yeah, it was quite frustrating to watch size in Europe win that Irish Gold Cup and be put into the Gold Cup having backed him at 25 to 1 for the Ryanair. So that was a bit frustrating to watch. Yeah, that would, <laughs> that would have been a little bit disappointing, I think, as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think Alan Ann's impossible with one for the Gold Cup, even sizing Europe, you know, I think they probably ran him too many times over the wrong trip. But I think it comes to a stage where you can keep looking at, you know, the rear end of Duvan, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting that they're stepping him up in trip and, and good luck mm. to them as well. I'd like to see him run well for Jess Carrington, you know, she's, she's a good trainer and she's got a, a big big chance now to go up, so hopefully he'll, he'll do well for her. Excellent stuff, Rachel Casey there of RUK and Turf TV. Enjoy the festival. Thank you very much, good luck. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.